Being a whole woman includes being connected to our sexual being. Today we learn what this means and how it will bless us and our marriage. Hi, my name is Trina Glines, and this is Elevate Your Marriage and Life podcast. This podcast is for those who want to create happiness daily, even among the chaos that marriage and family life will bring. Get ready to elevate your marriage and life today. Ladies, are you ready to have a pretty open conversation about sex and intimacy in marriage? I learned so much from Dr. Jennifer Finlinson Fife. She is amazing. I am so grateful for the work that she is doing. She is passionate at helping women live a more fulfilling life. If you missed last week's interview, it was part one with Jennifer. I really suggest you go back and listen to it. Today, she will be focusing more on women's sexuality. Let's get right to it. So there exactly there are a lot of husbands I work with who really really want for their spouse to have a positive experience but she kind of won't have it. Mm-hmm. And so then there's you know they can't they can't give really because she won't receive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in order for um you mentioned in this other podcast that in order for women to be a whole self they need to be integrated with their sexuality. Mhm. What does that look like to a woman? If she, you know, struggles with being integrated with her sexuality, what does that even look like? How do you walk a woman through, you know, how to discover that for herself? Well, I think a sort of starting point is that many of us have grown up learning that sexuality is a threat to goodness, and particularly so for women, that it's a threat to femininity, sexual desire. I mean, we, we take as a given that women are sexual in that men are interested in them sexually, mm-hmm. but somehow that sexual desire in a woman is a threat to her femininity, femininity or her goodness. Mm-hmm. And so many women learn to kind of disown or be at least at arm's length with, with their sensual erotic selves. And I think the reality is that if you had to say who is more sexual by nature between men and women, I would say it's actually women. Women are erotic, emotional, earthy creatures. We really are. I mean, that's our sort of most uh, natural state is to be deeply connected to the emotive, uh, sensual, earthy part of ourselves. But I think because we're afraid of the power that's in it and we want to keep ourselves non-threatening and likable, many of us, we think you know, being considered desirable or not a threat is our most important goal if we're gonna be in a relationship with a man. Many of us learn that idea. So we disown our sexuality as a way to make ourselves desirable. And this is, in my way of thinking, I believe you know, God gave us our bodies as a gift, as a source of wisdom and joy. And so if we disconnect from this source of wisdom and strength, we really, we, we, we undermine our ability to really function as equals. We undermine our ability to, to access this source of joy and wisdom in our lives. Yeah. And, and our sexual nature is only a threat in two, two conditions is if we use our sexuality to do ill in the world. Okay, if we use it to exploit other people or do harm 
or to, to you know to be so self-focused somehow that you are damaging okay but we can even do that through sexual repression mm. not just sexual indulgence mm -hmm. okay because you can do a lot of harm in a marriage by never dealing with your sexuality um, the other way the second thing I was going to say is you can see it as doing as harming your relationships if you believe a man has to feel like a man by you being weak so many of us think oh a man has to feel strong therefore I have to be weak and or he needs to feel good about his sexuality and my sexuality could be a threat and real strength doesn't need weakness in other people only pseudo strength needs weakness in other people real strength begets strength in others because it can handle others being strong and I'm not talking about bulldozers. I mean, like being at peace and at ease with yourself and being able to be a force for goodness in the world. Mm -hmm. You don't need somebody to just slide underneath you emotionally or sexually if you're really a strong man. If you're really a strong man, you can love a whole woman in all of her sexuality. And you can even let her sexuality eclipse yours without feeling threatened. Yeah. Because I think women's sexual capacity is greater than men's in that women have a higher capacity for, uh, meaning men can get aroused and orgasm much more quickly than women. And if you're having 10 minute sex, men look like they're the sexual champs, okay? <laughs> but if you're doing it on a scale in which women's sexuality thrives, then you actually, women take longer to get aroused and they're pickier about when they're gonna be open sexually. So they're, they're pickier about the context yeah. But once they decide it's a good context and they uh, get aroused, which takes longer, then their ability, their, the depth of orgasm, the emotionality and connect, you know, I would say it surpasses. And then women are capable of being orgasmic multiple times. So they're working in a different tra trajectory and depth. Mm -hmm. But if you're focused on men's satisfaction, you, you don't see women's capacity. Mm. Okay. Right. Well, and that was... Actually, a question that came in from one of my ladies, she had heard that you said that women have the capability, let me make sure I word this correctly, um, the capability of having a deeper, greater capacity, like you said, for pleasure than men. And she wanted to know, is this because we have a deeper emotional element to intimacy that heightens our pleasure, or are you referring to physical capacity? Mostly, mostly physical capacity, but also perhaps this emotive part of ourselves um, that we can feel it deeply when we really allow it in ourselves. But we have the physical capability of, of, of deeper se sexual physical response. But again, it's that different trajectory. And if you, again, if you're focused on men, then you look like the broken one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, encourage or say to women who struggle to orgasm if they if that's not something that's been yep i would say when we think of it as a way of proving that we're not defective you're going to have a very hard time orgasming okay if you see it as a way of receiving mm -hmm. and expanding your sense of self mm -hmm. and see it as a way of really giving to yourself and letting yourself actually be integrated with your body and belong to yourself more deeply, mm -hmm. you're going to find more permission to experience it. Okay. 
but many of us are trying to orgasm as a way of like making our husband feel successful. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen that way because it's not about belonging to ourselves and really allowing ourselves to be at peace with and accepting of our body and our sexual capacity. Mm. Okay. So do you think there's a connection between um, women that might struggle with this and their ability to be fully open, be fully? Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely a connection and, and a desire for control. Okay. Okay. And it could be just at a total subconscious level, something they're not even really yes. aware of. Yes. And what I would also say is there's some women who are with a spouse that they feel judged by, criticized by, or they feel inferior to, even if the husband is not functioning in that way to pressure them down. Mm -hmm. But if you feel one down, you're going to feel slower about wanting to really, truly open yourself up to let your sexuality and your eroticism be seen and experienced if you don't feel like you're really a peer. Mm-hmm. So some of us are hiding it because we don't want the other one to experience it. Mm-hmm. It also can be a way of withholding from the other person. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're afraid, if, if you do orgasm, now they feel like now you have no more excuses for having limited sexual contact. Mm-hmm. So there can be a lot of reasons why we'll, we'll under-function in a way to keep control, but we rob ourselves of our strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we really are meant, I mean, God gave us the ability to, he, he gave us the gift of sex. Absolutely. He made us to have that, uh, and it's not just to make babies. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like for, you know, the, for men, the phallus is, is responsible for reproduction and waste elimination, okay? <laughs> but for women, the clitoris is only responsible for pleasure. Okay, so if God didn't want you to have pleasure, we would not have a clitoris. It's a very explicit. And some people think, oh, the clitoris is this little tiny, you know, mini penis, but it's like really small and insignificant, just like women. (laughs) 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 But the clitoris is this vast neural network. It has more nerve endings than the penis does. The the opening of the labia is is the equivalent of the shaft of the penis. Okay, so that is to say the way we were developed, you have just as much sexual capacity. Now, men's sexual capacity looks different and it's easier to find and experience because their sexual organs are more overt and women's are more covert, but they are, they are equal in capacity, mm-hmm. okay. if not women's superior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I, I really, I like that link how you said, and it, I want my clients to understand it could be at a subconscious level. We don't realize what we may be having hesitations about that are keeping us from having that full experience of intimacy. Right. And we think of it often as a biological problem in those moments, but our psychology and the meaning that we bring to ourselves and our bodies and our sexuality deeply determine what we experience. Uh, even how touch is experienced mm -hmm. because we're processing it through a meaning frame. And if your mind is tracking, I don't feel safe to be sexual here, even if the thinking about it is wrong, if you don't feel like safe or you've constructed a reality in which you can't or shouldn't be sexual, you're not going to be sexual. 
I mean, you're not, your, your body knows Mm -hmm. the body knows. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's, it's been made that way for the purpose of women not being taken advantage of women being able to protect themselves in a mental state. Yes, exactly. Right. And I think, um, and then I think we can get accustomed to where we're comfortable, even if we're miserable and not push ourselves into our strength. And my work is very much about helping women and men be truly strong people, not the kind where you do dominance and submission in some form psychologically, but where you really are living into the strength uh, that in part is accessed through real integration with your body and your values. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you, you speak very um, strongly about women aren't sent here to service their husbands. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that not, no good is going to come from us feeling like we are just here to service them, take care of their needs. Um, we will resent them and never love them if we see them that, that, if we believe that's our relationship to men. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be the slave of any man for life? <laughs> yes. Right. It just doesn't work. I mean, to, to, to say that we can bless one another, that's different, mm-hmm. but that's that we are equals who have a capacity to enrich one another's lives. Mm-hmm. If we can really bring our best selves to each other. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like, traditions of our fathers from you know obviously we've heard all these different comments you know don't ever enjoy it don't ever be don't you know all these things that have influenced absolutely oh absolutely we have come by this honestly Mm -hmm. just as men have come by a kind of superior or entitled position honestly or anxiety about their sexuality as being a force for ill. I mean, men feel like they're sexual because that's what they've been socialized into, but that they can do harm to a woman. So many men have a lot of ambivalence about their desire, right? And so we've come by these false traditions honestly, but if we cleave to them too much, they, they undermine our ability to have the true joy through meaningful, intimate sexuality that we are capable of having and many people talk about that being transcendent, about really it's an access to the kind of a deep source of joy and anchoring in their lives that gives them strength to really cope with the imperfection that's around them throughout the rest of their day. Yeah. Well, and that's what I find is when a couple is doing well um, in the intimacy department sexually, it really sets a tone for Oh yeah. Marriage is running. Absolutely. It deeply impacts how happy people are in a marriage. And we, we, we diminish sex and desire as if it's like the stepchild of love, but in marriage, they really, if anything, love is the stepchild of desire. Now I know that sounds to some people like what, you know, this isn't, isn't this selfish, but see what I would say is that sex is by nature of what it is, a sexual contract. It's the idea that I choose you and you choose me. Choice is at the core of marriage. It's, it's the non-biological love relationship. And so, and so because it's non-biological, um, it's about choice. And it's saying, I choose you to bring my sexuality to you for us to have an exclusive sexual relationship. And so if you're going to be loving, you need to treat that sexual relationship with care. 
How do we make it a good sexual relationship? How do we love each other through our sexuality? And so creating a meaningful sexual relationship is, is part of the fiber, the fabric of that relationship, of the core of it. You know, you, you chose that person to marry because they desired you. They love you. They care for you, right? But the kind of deep anchoring is in that sense of I choose you and you choose me. It's at its core a romantic paradigm. And so if you don't keep that paradigm alive um, and you diminish it as somehow being ungodly, right, Mm -hmm. which many of us do once we get married, Mm -hmm. then I think we deeply undermine our marriages. Mm -hmm. We just do. And so I'm often working with couples around, you know, what's going on in your emotional relationship deeply will affect your sexual relationship and vice versa. They impact each other, uh, but not to neglect it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's such a vital part and it's it's a shame that we don't talk about it more and prepare yeah. girls yes. especially more yes. you know when they're younger and growing up and not being ashamed of their bodies and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes it all right. more um important the work that you're doing. I just think it's, you know, it's so vital that we get the word out there. And, you know, I had my daughter, um, my daughter's actually been taking one of my courses that it's a live online course, and I'm having her in part of the group. And after the sex one, you know, week eight, I always know I'm going to have follow up phone calls, ladies, you know, I'll talk to you. And I called my daughter just to make sure she was okay. Mm -hmm. She goes, I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm really angry, mom. I'm angry that my whole life I was taught it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And all of a sudden it's good. And now I messed up in my head a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Grace that this is, this is good. And I know many women talk about this, that it's just that there's no integration premaritally. And it's very hard to create an intimate sexual relationship if you haven't on any level, integrated your sexual nature as a good part of being a woman, a good part of being alive, and something that you can share. We, we do it in the servicing frame. Mm-hmm. Like my sexuality exists to keep his sexuality under control. Mm-hmm. You know, like not good sex, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Where, no, I am a sexual being by my birthright. It's fundamental to being a woman. It, it is good in the sense that God gave it to me. And what I can confident in its goodness is that knowing that how I use it will create goodness in my life and in this relationship. So, um, you know, but, but so many of us don't have that. And so I, my dissertation research was interviewing women who um, had grown up LDS or active currently and that transition into marriage. And for many women, it was a very hard transition in some, there was a loss of a sense of self that they'd gone from feeling sort of virginal and pure to now kind of losing something rather than an expansion of self through the sex, through sexuality. Um, and many like feeling like now I have to service my husband for eternity. And it immediately starts creating resentment, the feeling of invasion, because there's no sense of like identity with sexual, their sexual selves or their desires. And it's a very hard thing that we that our false traditions have created for our daughters but for our sons also yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I think it does go both ways in yes being taught because I think a lot of times we assume men are people assume men just know absolutely 
and the idea that men should always be on top of it and that they're kind of, you know, and that it's not linked to intimacy for them, mm -hmm. right? That it's not linked to being known. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways, because we give it so much cultural legitimacy that men can sort of claim it in a different way on some level. But I think we rob the personhood of men through their sexuality. Um, very much so like that we don't that men feel like they have to be sort of sexual performers can create a lot of anxiety for men and an inability to actually show up intimately also yeah yeah i i agree with that um i had one other question from one of my ladies who said you talk very confidently in one of your podcasts on our sexual relationship not just his Yes. That obviously that's the issue of women not being able to be good receivers and understanding, mm -hmm. you know, having a connection with their sexual selves. She says, how do you counsel women to overcome the guilt of receiving or the embarrassment of feeling equal in the realm of intimacy? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, what she's saying is how do you overcome the anxiety of moving out of the culturally sanctioned one down position and the maritally um, customary position of being one down sexually or otherwise, and really kind of take your space as a full partner. Mm -hmm. Because you have to kind of believe in the legitimacy of yourself and your sexuality to take a position that's not getting a lot of cultural validation. Like many of the women say to me, what does it even look like when a woman is comfortable with her sexuality? They don't even have a picture in their mind. They have either the harlot or the, you know, the restricted, you know, asexual woman. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that it means being able to create a picture that I know I deserve this, that I'm not going to keep standing down in order to keep equilibrium or to live down to the false traditions that I've been offered, I believe in that this is wrong and that I deserve to really tr take an equal space and that my, my femaleness and my sexuality are not inferior or need to be hidden. So it's a way of, of validating yourself mm -hmm. and believing in a God who is happy for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. And believing that, that, you know, God wants you to live out to the, to the full of your potential and that your strength is not going to diminish your husband's strength mm -hmm. or his sexuality unless he needs you to be small so he can feel pretend big. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Right. That's, and that, that's not helping and it's not healthy. It's like propping up immaturity in somebody and it only breeds resentment in you. Yeah. And so if you don't want to resent your husband, you need to live up to your strength. So how do you do it? It's daring to occupy that space, even though your brain's saying, no, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to feel ashamed. Go back to how we know how to do things. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to do that. But development is always about pushing yourself into territory that feels uncomfortable and tolerating the discomfort while reaching for what you know is right or better. That's what faith is. Yeah. And so, and it's when you do that, that your brain can organize around a new understanding and self-understanding and you get clearer and more confident. And when I look at my own life, I used to occupy one down all the time. I mean, it was just like the way I lived and it was really through pushing myself 
to see myself as an equal, even though I didn't feel like it, or I didn't think other people thought of me that way. And really believing in a God that wanted me to do that and believed in me, gave me the strength to push myself towards being a stronger, more confident, more comfortable self so that I could move out of apology and into my strength. So, uh, and I'm so grateful that I did that for myself because you start seeing the world more clearly, you start seeing yourself more clearly, and you're able to really be a person capable of intimacy and of really loving rather than staying in a kind of one down dependency that taxes you, taxes your spouse and taxes your children when they watch you do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just really feel that intimacy, sexuality is a gift given to us. Life is a challenge. It's hard raising family. Right. You're busy. It's hard trying to make it a living. I almost feel like Heavenly Father's like, this is a reprieve for you mm-hmm. from the world. And absolutely, you're meant to feel excitement, joy, fun, closeness. Yes. It's, not, it's not, you know, I often have had conversations where it's supposed to be all just it's very beautiful. No, no I'm like, mm, no, no. I that's boring. That, <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Thoughts on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a form of grown up play and being able to play together in this way is very intimate. Mm -hmm. And there are times when you're just going to be in that, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. I just want to look at you kind of sex. Certainly that can be a wonderful part of marriage, but to somehow require that it must always be only that, that it isn't a way of playing and sharing your silliness, which our erotic minds are quirky and weird. And to be able to accept that part of ourselves, I think is part of self-acceptance and the capacity for intimacy. So, you know, absolutely. Um, I also would say, you know, when we're babies, we get to be fully enjoyed in all of our bodies. You know, we were kissed and hugged and stroked and every roll of fat is adored. And all you had to do is bang your spoon and throw food and your parents would swoon, you know, like there's no, (laughs) you get full acceptance, right? Of the whole body. And then as you get older, you know, there's more privacy, there's more expectations, you get covered up. Then you go into adolescence and your sexuality starts emerging and you feel strange and weird and, and isolated. And so what we all desire is that kind of acceptance again. I mean, I think that's why we wax poetic about our first kiss is that's that movement from isolation into acceptance and connection again. And it's what we want in our marriages to be accepted all the way through, to be loved and cuddled and kissed and touched and desired in the way we were as young children. And so when we can create the kind of friendship and self-acceptance in which that can happen, we do ourselves a great favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole nother part of life if they if you haven't been able to experience that's just gonna open up for you and yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, I think it's the best part of life. Mm-hmm. If you're able to create that in your marriage, you're one of the lucky few if you because it's such a rich source of freedom mm-hmm. and joy that I think we all long for, but often will sabotage in our own marriages because we're afraid of actually having it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
yeah, we need to learn how to receive girls and we need to learn that we're worthy of it. And it's, it's, it's a gift that's been given to us as well. We're no less than them than our spouse, than our husbands, as far as sexuality is concerned. So definitely. Yeah. I love that. So you probably agree then those marriages that are, are doing really well, they're going to have a level of a healthy sexual relationship. Yes. And in my dissertation research, it wasn't really what I was expecting to find or see, but they also had a real sense of equality between them. Even if they said, oh, the husband's the leader of the home, even if they cleave to some of those ideals, in reality, they were very equal in decision-making and economic decision-making. Like they really were collaborators and they really functioned like psychologically as equals. And, and that was really striking for me to see that. And I think that's just really important for us to claim our place there. Yeah. Oh. God needs our strength. We throw it away when we step down. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's awesome. Well, Jennifer, how do these ladies find out about your courses? And I know you do, um, you do seminars all yeah. over how do they find out this information? Sure. And maybe you can link to it so it's easier. But on my website, which is my name, finlaysonfife.com. So I have podcasts, some of them you referenced. So there's like a link um, there that can put you in touch with a lot of the podcasts I've done on perfectionism and lots of other topics. Um, and then there's also a workshop, I have online courses tab that I teach several courses um, on into both how to have a better relationship in your marriage, how to have a better sexual relationship in your marriage, and then, of course, on women's relationship to desire, both sexually and non-sexually, which is a lot of what we're talking about today, which is how to belong to ourselves more profoundly and to our sexuality. Um, and so I also do some workshops. And so what you also, there's a tab there for events and workshops that I do um, in two-day workshops uh, that I offer to women on these topics around their sexuality and desire. They're currently sold out, um, all the ones that I have going, but I'll probably be offering some more in the next month or so. So, okay. That yeah, be, that will be great. Such valuable information for these ladies. Um, thank you so much. You've enlightened me. I'm looking forward to sharing this with all my ladies and they'll have that ability to have that same enlightening. And I'm just hoping that by all the people that you communicate with one by one, we're just going to change the paradigm of our, yes. how we teach this. And yes, we need to change it because, you know, um, I think living up to our, you know, what I, as a, as an LDS woman myself, I talk a lot about living up to the best in our theology because it's all there for us, but we've often looked at it from a lens that limits us and there it's all there for us to see ourselves as strong co-creators of goodness mm -hmm. and we need to do that in our sexuality and in our marriages for the sake of all of us mm -hmm. so yeah yeah well thank you thank you thank so you so much for joining me i appreciate it i hope that the last two weeks has opened your mind to areas in your life that you can work on that will increase your happiness in your life. So often, we aren't even aware of what we are missing. There often is this space that we didn't even know existed, and I hope you will allow yourself to enter the space and recognize areas in your life that you can increase your growth. 
I want to thank Dr. Jennifer Finlinson Five for being so generous with her time. You can find more about her at her website at www.finlinson-5.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you found that this interview was helpful to you and you know others that might really enjoy it or could use it, please share it with them. Ladies, my goal in doing my podcast is to help women see areas in their life that they can actually increase their happiness in. That is my goal. And I want to get the word out to as many women who are are willing to open their minds to the possibility that there could be this space that they didn't even know they were missing. So I hope you have a great week and thank you so much for joining me.